All right, well, good evening and welcome to our midweek service for those in the house and those that are watching online. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, a similar disclaimer that I gave for the, uh, the uh, what was the class? Sound effects class on Sunday uh, that, um, again, you know, the information that you'll get today, uh, some of it, you know, maybe a perfect watering, some of it may be insight, some of it may be revelation, some of it may be somewhat uh, convicting and challenging, but give yourself an opportunity to get all of the word, and then, you know, one of the things you have to realize, no matter who's teaching you, whether it's Pastor Keith, minister such and such, bishop from, you know, down the way, whoever's teaching you, you have choice, you know, but but if you, if you are, you happen to... Uh, find yourself stumbling upon a man or woman of God that really wants to give you the truth in love, uh, rest assured they're offering you the truth as a messengers from God. But again, no one can make you drink that water. You know what I'm saying? Was, you could, you could, you could take, take them to the water, but you, you can't make them drink. All right, so I say that to say because God's really... Um, you know, God operates in a, lo- a, a wonderful level of grace. God op- operates in revelation, of course. Revelation is how God communicates to us through the vehicle of inspiration. But what? When we finally absorb it, it converts into illumination. So God has been also very loving and patient. You know, a lot of times you see a lot going on and you say, well, you know, where is God at where, where all this is going on? Well, God actually sent us here. The Bible says all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. But because we've been born in sin and shaping in, in, in iniquity, um, uh, since we're around sin and iniquity, a lot of times we've gotten clouded. Sometimes we got caught up. You know, you remember uh, a lot chose a special section of property uh, because he felt that it was the more favorable and prosperous land. Abraham just chose, I'll just take whatever you don't choose. But Lot, Lot gets caught up in uh, Sodom in that environment, Sodom and Gomorrah, and he, he goes in one way, but they had so converted him, he became them. You know, one of the things uh, we teach when we teach on uh, manipulation and control, it starts out as suggestibility. It gets your attention. Uh, the second stage is called contagion, where it gets you to go with the flow. Third stage is called submergence, where it takes you over. And we don't realize a lot of times in our lives how, you know, some of our bad habits, some of the things we're caught up in, it, it was suggested to us. We didn't originate it. Then we started to go with the flow. Then before you know it, it submerged us and it took us over. Then when people try to tell you, hey, you're submerged, what do we do? We fought against it. We rejected it, you know, or we, as we were talking about in our spiritual authority class, we, we, we operate in rebellion. And so what God says is, okay, well, no problem. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer you the truth to free you. But again, you have choice. You can stay locked up in that prison or you can come out and be free. Uh, but we have to be humble to be able to do that. All right. So with that in mind, we're going to get into today's topic, which is uh, deceptive addictions. Deceptive addictions. And for our particular discussion, we're going to discuss a lot of things. If people get, are addicted to knowing more than others, they're addicted to being number one, they're addicted to be on top, they're addicted to everybody saying they're wonderful and they're special. Uh, sometimes people are addicted to shopping. 
addicted, addicted to selfies, addicted to smoking, drinking, uh, you know, uh, it's a thousand things we, be, we could be addicted to. Uh, but keep in mind, at the root of all these addictions is something called lust. Deceptive addiction is called lust. Deception, deceptive addiction is called lust. And, and see, we're going to uh, cover so many different facets of this, but keep this in mind. Lust dries, not satisfies. So lust will dry you out. But, but it will feel good and taste good while it's drying you out. Lust, will, lust dries, D-R-I-E-S, not satisfies. And lust, the thing about lust is it's insatiable. Lust is insatiable. Insatiable means uh, you're never really satisfied. You know, you're going to stay thirsty. So basically, it's insatiable. The present sensation is unsustainable and temporary. The present sensation is unsustainable and temporary. So the thing is about lust, uh, every time you participate in something, it draws you in. Uh, It may feel good, it may taste good, it may comfort you or what have you. But but the thing is, it's, it's unsustainable. It can't satisfy you. It just creates more of a thirst. You know, in the B.C. days when I used to, uh, uh, see, how can I put this, participated in pharmaceuticals, uh, <laughs> right, you got some kids in the back, um, I used to call it more when I was in college and my friends used to come up and they would name all these different um, pharmaceuticals and they would go, uh, you doing such and such. I said, no, nah, it's called more. Well, why do you call it more, Keith? I said, because the more you do it, the more you want it. So, you, so, so the, the first time you're exposed to it, uh, especially when you take on any level of poisons, so whether you're drinking, you're smoking, or what have you, when you take on these things, it, in, it, uh, it impairs you, right? Uh, that's what we call high, right? Like you, you're disorientated, but you feel whatever you, you think you feel good. All right, so... Whatever you took in to do that, your body says some, something foreign is coming inside. God created this body so special, it creates, it, the computer goes off in your body says, I have to figure out a way to function normally with this interruption now. So what threw you off originally now doesn't affect you at all. So you got to do more than you did before to have the same effect. Well, your body computer goes off and it figures out a way to be immune to this interruption. So now you need to do more. So, so you have to keep doing more because your body has been designed to, be, to create an immunity to it where it doesn't have the same effect. So what affects you first doesn't keep affecting you. So now you keep going down this road, keep going down this road, and the trip is it's insatiable. It, it can't satisfy you. It's not designed to satisfy you. Think foreign substances from the outside is not designed to fulfill you. God from the inside is designed to fulfill you. But these foreign things try to create temporary feel-good moments where to trick you into thinking, here, keep following me. I can take care of you here. That's what's called lust, okay? Right? 
It's unsustainable. All right, so let's look here at Ezekiel 16. I didn't do this. Oh, man. Uh, I need... No, nah, never mind. I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read all that. <laughs> I'll give you the scripture. Ezekiel 16, 20 to 38. Eh, still going to need my Bible. I mean, my phone. So I got to read a different version. Is yours on? Why is your phone on in church? <laughs> we just play like that, okay? Nothing serious, okay? We're just joking, okay? People watching, we joke, baby. That was a joke, right? Okay. <laughs> it says it's loading. Oh, okay. Um, sweetheart? I don't know where. Oh, here it is. Here it is. All right, so what I said, Ezekiel. Sixteen and twenty, right? Give me a second. I'm gonna read a different version. All right, so this is the message version of Ezekiel sixteen, starting with verse twenty. It says, "And then you took your sons and your daughters, whom." You had given birth to as my children, and you killed them, sacrificing them to idols. Wasn't it bad enough that you had become a whore? It says, now you're a murderer, killing my children and sacrificing them to idols. It says, not once during these years of outrageous obscenities and whorings did you remember your infancy. Uh, I know what's wrong. Hold on one second. I knew something was wrong. Uh, I need my phone again. Did you just turn my phone on? Yeah. I knew something was wrong. Sorry about that, y'all. My birthday, I was doing all this advanced information, and I pulled up the scriptures, but I didn't pull up my, my actual notes. All right. So what did I say? Uh, your outrageous obscenities and, and whorings, did you remember your infancy uh, when you were... Thank you, sweetheart. I should have came and got it. I apologize. Uh, it says... Remember your infancy when you were naked and exposed, blood-smeared, newborn. And then to top off all your evil acts, you built your bold brothels in every town square, doomed, doomed to you, says God, the master. At every major intersection, intersection, you built your bold brothels and exposed your sluttish sex. It says spreading your legs for everyone who passed by. Sorry about that, kids, but this is the Bible. It says, and then you went and then you and then you went intentional with your whoring. You fornicated with the Egyptians, uh, seeking them out in their. Uh, can I can I say this, uh, Amelia? Okay, 
seeking them out <laughs> in, in their sex orgies. It says, uh, the more promiscuous you became, the angrier I, I got. Finally, I intervened, reduced your borders, and turned you over to rapacity of your enemies. It says, even the Philistine women, can you believe it, were shocked at your sluttish life. Right? And, and I'll end right there. So here, here is a situation where God is saying, here, I, 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 I've, I've looked out at you, and you've lived this life where you've uh, totally taken for granted all I've, all I've been afforded you. You've got so caught up in your lust that you, you actually forgot about uh, the more important things that I've, that I've set up for you. Like you've taken your children for granted. Like you got so, you've gotten so dragged by lust, you've converted everything into idols, looking to try to satisfy yourself, right? And, and if you look at how this culture is right now, that's pretty much how everybody's living in this culture. They're so caught up in lust, things of value have been sacrificed. He says they sacrifice their kids to idols. But look at how we can get so clouded by lust. We'll sacrifice our kids to things. Um, and you say, well, I haven't sacrificed my kid, my child. But if you're not paying attention to your children, if you're so blinded from your care, for your care for them, well, you are sacrificing them unintentionally, right? You good? You still with me? All right. So as Christians, we're defined by our spirituality, not our sexuality. As Christians, we're defined by our spirituality, not our sexuality. So, so you remember when we taught on the message, sexuality's voice, you know, again, you, you, you have sexuality, you have sensuality, you have spirituality. As a Christian, we are a spirit, right? You know, God made us in his image after his likeness, so we are a spirit. We have a soul, right? That's where our mind, our will, and our emotion, our intellect is, right? But we live in a physical body. So the sexuality is connected to our physical body, our feelings, right? Remember when we did the, the little diagram, our emotions, right? You know, our soul, I'm sorry, sexuality is our, is our feelings, you know, our touch, our feel. You know, our soul, that's our mind, will, our emotions, our intellect. That's, that's up here, right? You know, that's our choice station, but, but you're supposed to live by the spirit, right? Our spirituality, spirituality should be our first voice in our life. But in the culture that we live in, sexuality is the first voice. People play off of sexuality, right? You know, they're changing uh, curriculums and schools based on sexuality. Never in, the, in any other time have we played off of sexuality first. So basically, we're living a life where live based on how you feel. Well, our feelings done got all of us in trouble. Right? I feel like I'm okay. I feel like I'm healthy. But, I, but you end up going to the doctor. I feel like they love me, but they playing you. Right? Right? So our feelings, I feel like this is a good decision, it's a great investment, and you lose everything. Like, we don't make decisions based on that. We're led by the Spirit. They that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Not that they that are led by sexuality or sensuality, they that are led by the Spirit. Does it make sense? I mean, just according to the Bible, this is, I'm just, they that are led by the Spirit, right? Isn't that in Romans? Right? Okay. All right. I just, I just want us to 
um, reset some things here. Now, okay, so let's go to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1. Now, again, go back, take the Scriptures, search the Scriptures to see if it's so, but, but, but God wants to help us. God doesn't want to punish us. God is not trying to bust us out. God is trying to help us. And keeping it real, if, as we are living our lives right now, we need help. We're praying for these things. These, the message of sound effects on Sunday in this message is a result of prayer. We're praying for help. Man, I can't stop this. I can't get out of this. Or I don't know what to do, right? So God is sending help. Well, a lot of times we go, no, 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 I don't want help that way. You know, because we've mastered a level of control of our lives, but we haven't mastered what God has afforded us by dying on that cross, and that's called fulfillment. We're staying in our rationale in our head, and some of us can be quite rebellious, right? Some of us can be quite rebellious, overconfident in our flesh at the expense of our fulfillment. All right, so 1 Peter 1, 23. Do this a little different here. All right, First Peter one twenty three. It says, "Look, being born again, and we, we talked about this on on Sunday. You must be what born again, according to John, right? It says so. So to be born again, and we talked about the new birth, being born again. So as a Christian, I was born again, right? So not just born of water and birthed into the earth realm. I'm born of the spirit." And I'm birthed into the spirit realm, right? I'm a new creature in Christ, right? Right? Uh, we, know, we know that from our new birth class, right? So being born again, look, it says not of corruptible seed. So if I'm born again, I was birthed of a seed, but this seed was not a corruptible seed. A corruptible seed is a flesh seed. So when I'm born again, I'm not born of this corruptible seed of the flesh. It says, but of incorruptible. That's of the spirit incorruptible. Something, so, you say, I'm, so, I'm not born of corruptible. I'm born of incorruptible when I'm born again, right? See, the, why is the corruptible or the being born in sin and inequity, why is that dangerous? I and mean, how does that affect or get us caught up in deceptive addictions? Because the corruptible starts as a habit. When you get caught up in corruptible things, it starts out as a habit, right? It becomes our history but then it creates havoc in our lives. So you start out, remember I just talked about suggestibility. Something was offered to you. Okay, let's, 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 let's keep it simple. We won't get deep into some of the other smoking and drinking. Let's just talk about sugar. So how was sugar introduced? I mean, because you know when you first, you know, these mothers that tell you when they first have the babies, they give you these, you got the, the meal plan, the Gerber's meal plan and the little veggie, uh, whatever those jars are, right? But somebody comes to the house or the kid's crying or whatever or you're eating something and you give them sugar. And if any of y'all remember, after you gave them sugar and you tried to give them them vegetables again, eh, eh, like all of a sudden, like, oh, no, 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 no. Give me whatever that was. <laughs> whatever that was. Give me some. Let me smoke some of that, 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 that sugar again. Let me drink some of that sugar. Right? Y'all remember that? It wasn't that, you know, for some of y'all, it probably wasn't that long ago, right? And then, and you ever remember the crying when they couldn't put all the syrup on the pancakes? When they flipped it from eating pancakes with syrup on, syrup on top to eating syrup with pancakes on top? 
And they're crying because they can't take the whole bottle and pour, right? Or, or, or take the whole bag of sugar and put on the cereal. Remember, remember, like, now all the sugar is in the cereal. But remember when we was coming up, we would have to put the sugar on the Cheerios and, and cornflakes, right? But I know it was Pastor Mel. You probably put pounds of sugar on it. <laughs> Pastor Mel saturates everything, you know, right? But you, so, so what? How, what it, once it was introduced, it became a habit. Then it became a part of our history. No, 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 no. That I, got to, I got to have at least 10 sugars with my coffee, right? It's, now it's your history. But after a while, it creates havoc. It creates havoc. The first drink is cute. But then it becomes a habit. But then it becomes a part of your history, right? Then it creates havoc. Uh, what, what, was the, what was the title of Dr. Phil's uh, teaching today? Uh, my man... My man has to, my, my husband has to have weed or has to smoke. All right, so it was, my husband has to have weed. So the guy on there actually spent uh, over a million dollars on smoking weed. And so he smokes every five minutes. And so, so, so they said within the course of a year, he probably went through 52 ounces, and they had the 52 ounces, like, lined up. I don't know if y'all know what an ounce is. That's a lot, that's, that's a lot of weed to smoke, you know, <laughs> right? So, and so the guy's on there, and Dr. Phil says, are you here? He says, yeah. He says, and the man, he says are you here, or are you kind of in and out? He said, no, no, I'm here. First question he answered, he's like this. First question, then he started talking. So then, interesting enough, because this is the, because it's, it's deceptive, it's one of the most deceptive things that's stealing people's dreams, all right? So then the guy says, the guy was in a situation where he had a heart attack, but didn't know he was having a heart attack. He was numb from the effects of the heart attack because he was smoked out. He could have died and wouldn't even have known it because his signals was crossed. Everything that normally tells you something's wrong was numb. His case, it was a heart attack. In our case, it's a life attack. Everything that normally tells you something's going on, right? The signal's been crossed. You, you don't know you're having a life attack until it attacks you, until the havoc done, havoc done kicked in. Now, I'm saying this, there's people here, there's people watching. Today, I'm speaking to the, your reality. So, Pastor Keith's proof is what you're going through. Pastor Keith's proof is your experience, not what I have to say, because you already know what I'm saying is the truth. I'm going to keep on saying some stuff, but you know that already. People out there in TV land, right? <laughs> right? Y'all know. So, so that's the thing. It's, it's, I'm not having, con- we, we do this sometimes in counseling. We don't be having conversations based on trying to prove, it's not a debate. If you're talking to a man or woman or God, it shouldn't be, it's not really a debate. I'm not saying a person can't speak their point, but we're not debating because our information is not personal. It's not, we don't have a dog in a fight. It's God saying, give you the information. God's discerning what your situation is, and we'll give you the information. If you show up and don't realize we're a man or woman of God, and you just think we're going to go back with just natural communication, no, 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 no. We can't help nobody naturally. We don't know what nobody needs. 
Only God knows what you need. So we're rolling on discernment. But you, you done showed up trying to, somebody got to prove to you like for the next five years and you've decided when, you, when you're going to trust people. How about trusting God? See, if you got to sit and size everybody up, did you show up with God? Because if you showed up with God, you don't have to size nobody up. All you got to do is everything that comes out their mouth, God, is that, is that on it? God, is that true? Well, you think about that, God. And, and, and if you get good at it, you don't even have to. There's a sense of peace that you'll pick up, and there's a sense of conviction. But when you're showing up with just your head, how do you know you're getting the truth? You trust you more than God? Oh, okay. All right, so let's go. <laughs> something to look about, look at, right? Just something to think about, okay? All right, so for us to override this lust, we need a strength of character to override lust. A strength of character to override lust. Now, now hey, hey, you know why we're having this conversation? Because it's an even playing field. It's no respect to a person. Lust comes out of everybody. You know the most quiet, I know you, you, you know the people that look like they in perversion and stuff like that. You, you think the obvious person. No, God's talking to the subtle, the subtle folk. The subtle folk. High level, they quote every scripture in the world. Behind the scenes, lust is attacking them. And they're wondering, but I don't quote the scriptures. And God's saying, yeah, but I need you to be obedient to get this lust out your system. So it takes a strength of character, right? Did you write that down? Because that's going to be important. You know, that strength is, we need a strength of character to override lust. So the test of lust is where we build or destroy character. The test of lust. Now, so, so, so let's, uh, hey, remember David. David, right? He was tested, right? David is a man after God's own heart, right? David is somebody we highly respect in the Bible. Do I agree? But he was even tested with lust. Remember with Bathsheba, right? Right? So every level of life, you look at every level, male or female, that rises to a high level, guarantee you what, what, what sneaks in is lust. And so you, these tests will come, right? And so, the, so what tests, if you pass the test, you strengthen your character. If you fail a test, you destroy your character, right? Does that make sense? We're on the same page, right? If you pass your test, what? You strengthen your character. If you fail the test, you weaken it. All right, so let's look here, First Corinthians, because what I said was we're even, even playing field. Everybody's going to be tempted, right? All right, but, the, but, okay, don't look at temptation as somebody trying to set you up. Look at it as it's trying to assist you in strengthening your character once your character is strengthened, you can handle what your gifting is going to produce, right? So does that mean you can be trusted at every level of appointment? So I can trust you to the NBA if you pass the, the character test now because I'm not worried about you getting there and just forgetting everything, forgetting God, you know, forgetting family. Now it's just all about the money I got, right? So God knows I'm not going to lust after money. I'm going to use money for the kingdom, Right? We good? All right. So, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. It says, there has no temptation 
taken you or has happened to you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. It says, but with the temptation, with the temptation, also, I'm sorry, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear. It says, so, so look, there's no temptation taking you or happening to you, but what's common to man. So you can't say, well, look, what I'm going through is tougher than anybody else. Oh, no, no, no. The, remember the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. We'll get to that in a second. It's common to man. It says, but God is faithful. With the temptation, he'll make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. Now, people have misquoted the scripture saying, God won't put on you more than you can bear. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is when the adversary who tempts you tries to test you, God will make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear. But it ain't saying that God is putting on you because the scripture says he don't tempt no man. We'll get to that in a second when we get to James, right? All right, so, so again, this says no respect a person. Everybody's going to go through the temptations, right? But, but David says something, Psalm 27, 13. Psalm 27, 13, right? He said what? I would have fainted. I would have given up. That's what fainted means, right? I would have given up unless I believed to see. Key word, believe to see. Not see to believe. He said if I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So think about it. While we're going through our tests and trials, how can the adversary tempt us? He can tempt us by saying, hey, you might not ever have this opportunity again. Take this bribe. Why are you waiting for promises? They may never come. You should just, hey, cut your losses. Take this bribe now, the spiritual bribe now. Why are you believing for su- anybody else around you getting this? Why, why, you think you special? You different than everybody else? Man, just go on and take this ride. What he's telling you is fall to the temptation. Take this moment of lust today at the expense of fulfillment tomorrow. Okay? Psalm 27, 13. I quote that. It's one of my favorite scriptures. All right, so, so when you go through these tests, and we, we talked about uh, the lust test, and we talked about the test of ministry, we'll, go, we'll talk about it again I don't know if we'll do it in class or we'll do it here in the sanctuary. But when you go through these tests, as a leader, you're surrounded by ungodliness that attempts to pull you in every direction. So, 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 so when you get to certain levels, God is different than, than the world. The world says, hey, I look like you're ready. Hey, you might be ready. Well, I ain't got no time to find out if you're ready. Go ahead. No, God is not going to put you in harm's way. It says you are the intruders and governors to the appointed time of the Father, right? He, he's, when you're ready is when he puts you, not when you feel you're ready. See, that's, that's sexuality. That's that flesh talking. No, no, when you're ready. God knows when you're ready. The man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart, right? All right, so, so then it says, so, so, so you're going to be tempted to be pulled in every direction. You may be tempted to sin in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Those are the, nothing's changed. Satan, I got the same script because it keeps working. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And we'll get into that uh, a little more deeper in a second. But let's just look at the scripture because I'm always referencing it. But 1 John 2. We'll, we'll probably reference this quite a bit 
um, because it's, it's, uh, it's Satan's lust weapons, right? This is his way of trying to attack in our character. All right, so we're going to focus here 1 John 2, 16 and 17, but I'm just going to open up with verse 15. 1 John 2, 16 and 17. Right? But I'm, I'm going to start with verse 15. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So, so he's setting us up. Hey, don't, get, don't take any of your passion and attach it to the world. If you attach your passion to the world, you don't have my love in you. Because I don't love the world. Right? And then look, verse 16. Now he's talking about don't love the world, Right? This is what he says, verse 16. For all that is in the world. He says, so, so if you sum up everything that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So he says, if you get caught up in the world, you're only going to be dealing with three categories no matter how they make it look. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And then he breaks it down to verse 17. And the world passes away. All these things passed away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So he's saying you can't get fulfillment out of the world. The world can only offer you lust. I told you earlier, lust is what? Insatiable. It can't satisfy you. It's a, it's, it's, it's a dangling carrot. It keeps saying, come on, come on. You get satisfied. Come on, come on. You get satisfied. I mean, you, act, you never ask yourself how somebody ends up under a bridge? They kept following the carrot. It took them out of everything, right? It, it, it just kept following. This time is really going to be fulfilling. No, no, okay, maybe not this time. But this time is really going to be fulfilling. Oh, no, this time is going to be different. Oh, this time is going to be different. Before you know it, you done got pulled out of purpose, dreams, and fulfilled. And you find yourself at a place that you never thought possible, right? Because that's how lust will do you. Now, now, now this pattern has been operating for a while, right? It's been operating for a while. Let's look here at uh, Genesis 3. So, so when we get to 1 John 2, that, that's getting closer to the end of Revelation, right? That's close to the end of the book. But look at the beginning of the book. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll focus here on verse 6. I'm going to target verse 7, but let's just start with verse 6. Now, now this, is after, uh, this is Satan offering Eve the, the, uh, the fruit of the tree that God told them not to eat, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It says, and when the woman saw that the tree was, look, good for food, right, Good for food, lust of the flesh, that it was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eye, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life. It says, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. It says, and the eyes of both of, both of them were open and they knew that they were naked. So, so now you have something to consider to tempt you to lust. Before, lust wasn't a consideration. You focused on God. Yeah, they were, they were naked, but they wasn't focused on it. The Bible says they were naked and unashamed. Why? Right? Because they were focused on God. 
not themselves. Once they ate of that tree, now they focused on themselves, which is the character of lust. It's, it's about self-satisfaction, not about love benefiting someone else. It's all about self, 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 me, 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 right? Right? And you, you, you know, that's why the scripture says if uh, you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption, right? This is, uh, we'll, we'll probably get into it. I know it's in here. It says when you fornicate, out of all the other sins, you're sinning against your own body. You don't say nothing about another. We say all sins the same. You don't say nothing. You don't say that about no other sin. <laughs> Read it for yourself. That's the only one that gives a category that you, you, you sin against your own body. Now, an interesting thing, you see the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes at the end of the Bible, and you see that at the beginning of the Bible, but let's look and see if it's in the middle of the Bible. Let's look at Mark 4. It's probably not the exact middle of the Bible for the scholar that let that cross their mind. All right, so Mark chapter 4, and we'll lock in here at 18. So this is after uh, the sower sowed the word. Some, uh, some got the word sown into them, and Satan stole it immediately, right? And then it says some was on stony ground as soon as they got offended. For the word's sake, uh, uh, that word was stolen and became unfruitful, right? And then it says here, uh, verse... 18, it says, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. So these people hear the word, different than all the other people, they get the word. It says, in the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Look, cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things. Cares of the world, pride of life. Deceitfulness of riches, right? The lust, of, the lust of the eyes and the lust of other things, right? The lust of the flesh. It's right there. It's still there. Same temptations. Enter in and choke the world, word and it becometh unfruitful. And so, so Satan has had this pattern for a while. And he's hoping we don't really embrace being born again so we can shake the old man and his deeds, Right? He's, he's hoping that we still live out of that corruptible seed because that corruptible seed will thirst for the world. The uncorruptible seed will thirst for the things of God. Let's look here at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. If you think about it, like to, to really harmonize in any special relationship and not take the bribes of lust, you've got you to gotta really be selfless. You've got to be patient. You've got to work through those things. But well, some people will, will abandon the effort and just self-satisfy themselves, right? But then they're coming against their own body, right? But that's the hope. The, see, the, the adversary's hope, hope is that we get weary and well-doing. His hope is that we, we faint. We don't believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If you believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, you don't faint. You don't give up. You don't yield. You don't let lust drag you. Because like, if you, I believe it's going to cost me, right? Fulfillment. Like, and I know fulfillment is coming. Like, oh, no, no, no. No, I'm not the one. I can't do this, right? Um, it, that's our incentive. So Ephesians 4 
And we're going to start here at verse 22. Ephesians 4, 22. Look, it says, and that you put off concerning the former conversation. The word conversation in the Greek there means manner of living, the former manner of living. It says, so that you put off the former conversation or manner of living, the old man, look, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. The old man is corrupt. Why? Corruptible seed. According to what? Deceitful lust. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Right? It says, look, and then it says, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So there's a holiness that might not be true according to this, right? So, so, so it says, I, if, if I yield to the old man, I'm not evil. I'm just yielding to the corrupt. The corrupt, the corrupt is going to be thirsty and it's going to chase lust at every level, at every age. Right? So if I, if I yield to the old man, I'm saying I want fulfillment, but my actions are yielding to corruption. If I yield to the, the, the spirit, the new man, now I'm going to move towards holiness. That lines up to our scripture, right? Matthew 26, 41. What is it? The spirit is indeed willing. I know we forgot the first part. <laughs> Watch and pray that you enter not into what? Enter not into what? So I'm watching and praying. I'm not just, <laughs> no, I'm watching and praying. I'm alert. I'm attentive, right? So I don't what? Enter into temptation. Why? The spirit is indeed willing. That word indeed means in action, willing. But the flesh is what? That's the same thing the scripture just said. If I yield to the old corruptible man, it's gonna, it's weak. It can't resist deceit. Look, it said deceitful lust, deceitful addictions. It can't. You're not crazy. You ain't evil. Is you just don't don't understand? You think yielding to the flesh is an option. The flesh can't help it. It is weak. Uh, so you ever been in a situation where you, you, could be, you could be trying to teach your kids something or a friend something or somebody you're close to, and it, you, it's a long debate? You could be at the house. Y'all talk, no, we need to clean this this way. We need to cook this this way. We need to have this set this way all the time, right? But it's a debate. Well, I don't really think that's necessary. Well, no, the reason why I think it do, so you're going back and forth. So you finally convince the person, what? This is the way to do it. They agree with you. This is the way to do it. The next opportunity, which is five minutes later, they do the opposite of what you said. <laughs> she said, mm -hmm, over here. I just want to let you know. I, I, but, but, but hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you be thinking then? Like, we just had this conversation. You just agree. Like, how could you the next month? Like, hey, could, you, could you wait like a week? Not the first opportunity to be challenged with what we just talked about. The first opportunity? How you feel? You feel like, really? Like, are you okay? You, you, you feel like you want to call a psychiatrist, call a pastor, lay hands on a person, whatever, right? Get some special oil out. You soak their pillow. Like something, right? 
Now, take that feeling how you feel when you've had that conversation. And five minutes later, they do the total opposite of what you just said. Take that, step outside, hang out with God, and that's how God looks at us. That's how he looks at us. Like, wow. Like, why would you ever yield to the flesh? I, listen, don't, don't, don't take this as what's like somebody saying, you crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know how the Bible says you should hate your mother, father, sister, and brother? It's saying it as in comparison to God. But some people go, see, the Bible told me to hate them, so I got to hate you. That's not what it's saying. When I say, how could you ever yield to the flesh? I know you're going to have to grow to a point where you don't, but I'm telling you, this is how God looks at it. He doesn't look at it as he's going to indict you and he's going to take his foot and stomp on you next week. No, he's looking at it like, come on. If you understood how this flesh functions, you would never even give it a shot. Does that mean you won't be tempted tomorrow? No. It's saying that's what our goal should be. Our goal should be get to get that revelation. That should be our goal, to get that revelation. Now, don't walk out of here and say, see, pastor called me some type of uh, crazy. Pastor didn't call you nothing. I told you, you got to start with the target. Do you understand that? When you come to church, I have to give you the target. I can't keep customizing for where everybody's at. Like, I can't go, okay, well, well uh, you, you doing mini lust. You doing medium lust. You, oh, you, you big lust. And so, so now I'm going to go down the aisle and keep telling the word for your level of compromise. No, God sets a target because everybody has choice of when they want to get there. You already have been given the out with choice. Well, not an out. You've already been given the grace with choice. Because suppose it wasn't a choice. That means if you didn't do it, bam, wrath right away. So you've been given choice. But this is, this is the tough thing, and we do this with kids now. We do this with adults, and we're doing this in this country, in this world. We're offering choice without giving people the reality of the cost. Oh, I just let people choose. Just choose. Well, however you feel. No, that's not. That's, like some people go, well, I just let my kids choose. Wait a minute. They're eight. They're still being developed. Your brain, what is it? Your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25. So how are you to giving them choice? Because, because they can pick Legos and they know their colors. Oh, they've been counting quicker than any other kid in class? That doesn't mean they can make a life choice. Like you got people making lifestyle choices for kids. Kids at eight making lifestyle choices. Oh, but there's an age to drink though. They're saying, I, you, you, you're not ready to make this drinking choice. You're not ready, ready to make this driving choice. Oh, but you can make a lifestyle choice. Come on, y'all. This, it's, not, it's not Pastor Keith on no soapbox or nothing. It's just like, to me, I, I'm not blind. I don't, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do nothing. I am not blind. I'm not running around here caught up in lust. Hey, hey let, let, what the Bible says, uh, flee fornication. You know what that means? Running terror. I'm running. <laughs> like, I'm running. Like, be, why? Because it destroys folk. Every, 
No, I'm not saying I'm running because, see, I'm holy and you guys need to get as holy as I am. That's not what I'm saying. She will tell you. I, and I've told her, I'm running because I'm not going to put myself in a situation. Like, I'm not overconfident because it can happen to anybody. Do you understand? The person that's overconfident is the person that it happens to. The person that's diligent and disciplined and watching and praying is more li- least likely to be in those situations. Do you understand that? So, so, so I got to give you the target, but I have to yield to the target too. You, you, does that make sense? Yeah, it's not like, y'all got this target, man. Y'all, you know, make sure y'all get there now. You know, because I've arrived. That was a joke. I haven't arrived, so don't nobody take a sound about Local pastor said he arrived. He thinks he's walking on water. This guy thinks he's God. Who does he think he is? Not the case, okay? Look, it says the old, the old dead life feeds off of, this, this is the old man. This is the old, listen to the old man. This old man feeds off of victimization, hustle, pride, anxiety, and lust. The old man that we're not supposed to yield to. They, uh, the old man, it's all, the old person is always a victim. It's always everybody else. They're not thinking about their choices. Oh, I can't believe this happened to me. Not one time and they sitting there looking at their choices. The old man feeds off of victimization, feeds off of hustle, try to get around everything, right? Now, now okay, so, so just for clarity, y'all, just for clarity. Hustle, I know we know the hustlers, people out there, street hustling. You got this guy wheeling and dealing. But you know, some of us are, are hustlers. We hustle around truth. We hustle around submitting to authority. We hustle around obeying the full word of God. We don't even fully study stuff out. We just studied enough to make our point. That's hustling. You're going to open your mouth before you was exhausted? And you're going to open your mouth like somebody else is tripping? That's hustle. Oh, how about this one? You know how somebody's about to get to you, about to hit you with the truth? You know, people, uh, they, they, they hit the panic button and they start creating an argument. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's hustle, right? You just created a diversion, right? Or how about the change in the topic when we about to hit the truth? Ain't that hustle? I just want to just make sure that we're just not focusing on the obvious hustlers, right? Because we all had a little hustle in us, right? What? What? How about this one? What? 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 Pastor Mel, What? I have no idea what you're talking about. No, seriously, people think that? Oh, man, so sad. I, 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 I just don't know. I have no idea. You know that's hustle, right? Y'all quiet because some, some of y'all do that? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just that, that, that old man plays off of those things. See, see, that old man is always trying to get around What's going to build character? What's going to build character? Stay humble. Let it happen. All right, so let's go to uh, Genesis 5. Genesis 5. Can't be talking about this stuff without hitting Genesis 5, right? All right, so let's look at verse 16. Genesis 5, verse 16. All right, look, so this, this I say then, Walk what? I said Genesis. I did? Sorry, Galatians 5. Sorry about that, y'all. 
My bad. It's right here in front of my face. It says, it says Galatians all day right here. But, but I'm using my phone. Huh? What did you say? Yeah, good thing y'all know the word. What are you talking about? All right, so Galatians 5, uh, 16. It says, this I say then, walk in the spirit, look, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right, so I'm trying to battle this, this lust and this flesh thing. All right, so, so now my target. We talked about targets, right? We talked about targets, right? I said target. So my target is to do what? Walk in the spirit and I shall not feel the lust of the flesh. All right, so let's, let's, let's talk about that, okay? So what I'm going to do, I'm actually going to, gonna, my intent, the effort I'm going to make is going to be spiritual. That's going to be my effort, right? So, so it's not I'm going to try not to do the flesh because it didn't say that, right? It didn't say don't fulfill the lust of the flesh by walking in the spirit. It didn't say that, right? It said what? Walk in the spirit and you should not feel the lust of the flesh. So what it's saying is, I got to walk in the spirit. So, so I'll give you a practical example here. Uh, I, I've told this story before, but when, in my, my off season of basketball, I had a, you know, I was trying to pursue professional basketball. So I created my own seasons to simulate playing professional basketball. So the off season, I would drink um, root beer, eat Oreo cookies. Those were the two main vices at that time. So now when the season starts, I ate bland. When I was serious about basketball, when I was serious about basketball, like I ate bland. I didn't do no sugar, no sweets. I drank water. Everything was bland, right? And so it was, it was, it was because one, first of all, you know, sugar takes you to a high and it, and, and it drops you down. You'll find yourself dragging. But I needed to be alert, ready to go. Uh, I, I just, you know, I had a, I had a reputation. <laughs> so just put a ball in my hand, I'm gone, right? Well, when I tried to go back to doing bland, well, I just finished eating what? Root beer and Oreos. Well, my body was like, give me some root beer and Oreos. So I just drank water and ate bland. And for a while, it was, it was, it was agony. Then the water and the bland food became an appetite. Then it crossed over into an amusement. But I had to get through that period because my body was like, what are you doing? Water? We need some root beer. She'll tell you, I don't drink root beer now. I don't eat Oreos now. I'm not saying I, I don't eat any sweets, okay? I didn't say that. I just said root beer. I don't root beer pop, you know, right? I've had root beer kombucha or something, right? But what I'm trying to say is, is, it's the same thing, like walking the spirit is do as much as you can to feed your spirit, and you'll find yourself not having an appetite for the flesh, right? Right? But if you do fleshly things, you're going to have a fleshly appetite. Fleshly things are not all, you know, okay, today I'm going to choose not to do porn. Don't feed the flesh. Don't comfort the flesh. Punk the flesh. Don't let it do what it wants to do. Put yourself in some uncomfortable situations. All right, so let's look here at, uh, we're going to start at 17, but I'm going to read uh, 17 through 20, Galatians 5, 17 through 20. I'm going to read the message, right? All right, it says, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way. 
all the time. <laughs> Feeding the flesh. It says, repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyous grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied want, a brutal temper, and impotence to love and be loved. Divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded, lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Look, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Now, the King James Version said, these are the works of the flesh. <laughs> right? These are the works of the flesh. And it talks about lasciviousness and party and all that stuff. But this is the message version breaking that down. Why? Because we unfed, you feed that flesh, that's the result. And when you see those results, how many people say, it's probably because I'm in the flesh. They normally get a wrestling with the competition. You know, you know. Uh, people say, you know, I'm cold. I ain't cold. I just don't trust nobody. No. You, you're, you're impotent to be loved, to love, and to, to love anybody. Because behind the scenes, lust has been your friend. See, the, see, the thing is, the Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. We don't realize, like, like what shows up in, 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 in the results that we see in our everyday life is a result of our private life. And so we have to set targets to be more spiritually minded because the world has told us, uh, so I'm going to see how I can do this. <laughs> All right, so the world has told us, like, how can I say? Okay, I'll do it this way. All right, so, so what is the, uh, uh, so what they would do with Planned Parenthood, they would go around giving come to schools and stuff, and they give you what? Uh, yeah, condom. I was going to say contraceptives, right? Is that the best way to do it? Chauvinist. He, he said condoms. This is guys. Like, there's only people in school. <laughs> All right, nobody knows who said it, but the people in the building. All right, All right. All right so, but, but we'll use, you said condoms, right? But contraceptives, you know, that, that, that includes everybody. But what are they saying when they give you that? Have sex, just do it safely. Now, these contraceptives, they're supposed to protect you from what? Ho, 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 slow down, slow down. So you say HIVs, STDs. Well, hold on, not, not just say, but don't say, you can't say no. Everybody has to say their opinion. So you're supposed to share what you believe it is, not refute the other people. That's not, that's not cool. All right, no, wait, wait, we're going to get to that? I'm going to explain that. He heard me say it already, so he, he's ahead of the game, okay? All right, so you, you're saying this for to stop pregnancy, right? That's what you were saying. And then you, you said STDs and uh, you said HIV. Anybody else? Anything else you think is the purpose of contraceptives is for? Now y'all don't want to say what y'all think it's for because <laughs> y'all know some inside information. 
right, so, so the thing about contraceptives is, or even the, the Trojans, not Trojans. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm 60, you know, I'm 60, you know, give me a break. You know what I'm saying? Just, right, just comes out, you know, it's, it's in there. All right, so the, the, uh, the uh, what do you call them? Condoms, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so so they're, they're designed, because of their design, they, they all have a hole in them. But the hole is, uh, I, think it's, I think it's like, uh, uh, hold on, I think it's, nah, it's something mica, whatever the size is. But it's, it's small enough where the sperm cannot get through because the sperm is larger than the size of the hole. But disease and viruses can get in. So, so a, a condom can protect you from disease and viruses. Okay, but let's just say, let's say it could, just for conversation today. Let's just say it could. How about the spirit you pick up from the other person? Can it protect you from that? And so somebody's telling you it's okay to open yourself up to all these spirits. The, sp- the spirit of fear, rage, depression. Somebody telling you it's okay, right? But you don't realize you open yourself up to all that. So I'm going to use you just for this one right here. So if you're watching this, so young man calls me up. He's like, yes. he says, Mr. Bradley, Mr. Bradley, man, I don't know what's going on, man. You know, I'm just so paranoid. Didn't smoke, didn't drink, do nothing. I said, so who you had sex with? What, 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 what you mean? How you know I had sex? I said, because whoever you had sex with is full of fear. He says, oh, my God, that girl is so paranoid. I said, now so are you. You get the whole package. Because God designed two people to come together to become one flesh. That was the purpose of intimacy. Do you think the purpose changed because you perverted it? The only thing that changes is the effect. You still become one. You just don't become one with someone that actually is going to enhance your life. It's called a soul tie. Right? And so that's why you have to watch allowing lust to take you uh, on this particular path. Let's, Let's look at... Romans 8, and then we'll, uh, there's so much, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into like uh, lust as a possession robber uh, next week. We're in here with Romans 8. All right, so Romans 8, and we'll lock in here. Uh, at verse 5. Romans 8, verse 5. Look, so it says this. This is, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Right? And another version says that word mind means to be counseled by. Right? To be counseled by the things of the flesh. So they that do, uh, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded, that's fleshly minded, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It says, look, for the carnal mind, fleshly mind, is enmity against God. 
for it's not subject to the law of God, right? It says, neither indeed can be. So if I'm in a flesh, it's hard for me to totally submit to God. It's hard for me to submit to the Word of God, the counsel of God, right? Now, look at verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. And so think about it, because they that are in the flesh are going to be caught into the deceptive addictions or deceitful lust, right? Remember? Corruption, deceitful lust. So the thing about the lust is it's deceitful. It deceives you. On the front end, it's telling you this is something that's to, to your benefit. But on the back end, it's stealing everything that's important to you. All right, so, so you know, the obvious thing people were thinking about is sex. But let's say you're thirsty and you're sitting in front of a bar or a liquor store and you say you're thirsty and somebody goes and they get you a cold one. So they go get you a cold beer, right? You just got deceived because it's cold and it's wet, but it don't quench your thirst. But the whole time you're drinking it, you feel like your thirst is being quenched. If you're thirsty and you drink a, a cold beer, it's, it's, whatever is in it, it makes it, you feel like you're getting your thirst quenched. But alcohol dehydrates you. It's deceptive. Just like you, you have a moment of pleasure, it's telling you this is going to be exhilarating. But it's stealing the life out of you. It weakens you. It's like Superman around kryptonite. But the whole time, you think you can live in this. I mean, people have, have destroyed. There's a guy, uh, it's public knowledge. Uh, I don't know what he's doing now. But uh, he had signed a $3 million, at this at, at this particular time, it was a lot of money. Now they're signing hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars. But uh, it's still a lot of money to me. But he signed a $3 million contract with the New York Knicks. And so he's on a team. So they show up for a game one day. He was nowhere to be found. Nobody knew where he was at. $3 million contract. And then he just missed it. Then he shows up. Then he's just missing. I'm talking about just, just not showing up for the games. Well, I know someone that was with him. They were just in the room getting smoked out on drugs. So, he, so they kept giving him chance after chance after chance. They had to kick him out of the NBA. So he worked his whole life for a dream and smoked it away. Oh, did I? I didn't bring that book in here with me? Never mind. It's, it's, I'll bring it next time. So, 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 I, so the Lord told me to teach this. We saw the Dr. Phil special where the guy was smoking his life away, basically. Um, and then um, I get this article uh, from, I don't know where it is, tomorrow, it might be Billy Graham or something. And it has an article in there, it has a grenade shaped like drugs, uh, prescription drugs and everything. And the caption is, um, let me see, hold on, dying to get high. <laughs> that was the caption. And, and it's, it's like, you know, People are throwing their entire lives away all because we're not being told, taught not to yield to lust. It's not an easy thing, you know, but we have to get to that place. I, you know, so transparently, see how I could do this and be tactful to the young people here. So, so, so when I came out here, 
you know, new Christian, resetting my life. So I'd already told God I, I wasn't going to have sex until I got married. So, I, so and I, I held to that. But because of the culture I was in, I just figured as long as I didn't have physical sex with somebody, I'm good. Right? Does that make sense? I'm trying to be somewhat tactful. Um, but I started watching video. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Without me saying it? Okay. So, so then I started getting into the Word. So you want to start getting into the Word and reading scriptures like, walking the Spirit, you're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. So I was like, okay, this ain't going to work. Then I also, I stopped doing, you know, I stopped smoking and stuff like that, but I was still drinking cans of beverage, okay? 24-ounce cans of beverage, right? And so I said, okay, man, I got to stop this, right? So I said, what I'm going to do, so I only knew how to do things practically, like working out and stuff. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm, I'm going to set a week. I'm going to go a week, and I'm not going to watch any videos and drink no canned beverages, right? Alcohol, right? right? And so I went a week. I went a week and 30 seconds, <laughs> right? But I said, see, see, I didn't beat myself up. I said, well, hey, oh, 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 I went a week. So now I'm going to target two weeks. Did the same thing, two weeks and five seconds, right back to doing everything that's involved with that, all right? So I went two weeks, though. See, I, I, didn't, I didn't go, oh, man, I ain't no good. I ain't no Christian. You know, look, look, I done messed up again. I done messed up again. No, I ain't do that. I said, well, oh, oh, wait, 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 oh. I went two weeks. No, I'm going to try three. At the time, I didn't know it takes 21 days to develop a habit and 42 to make it a lifestyle. No one taught me that. I just was, I just, because that's how I worked out. Like I set goals. So I'm just going to set some goals. And I'm not going to beat myself up. If I slip, I'm going to reward myself that I've gone further than I've gone before. And then when I, then, then, then I'm a, Challenge myself to go further than that. Then I'm going to challenge myself to go further than that. Then I'm going to challenge myself to go further than that. I'm so busy trying to challenge myself to keep going further, I messed up and forgot I used to do it. It was just gone. I wouldn't do it. Then I probably went, I don't know, probably went some months and slipped again. Now, I I felt bad about that, you know, because I was like, man, I went all this time. Now I got to reset and start all over again. But guess what? You can't sit around talking about that too long, right? You got to reset and start all over again to it became a lifestyle, right? So you got to ask yourself this, do you want to change? See, if you say, man, I ain't going to never change. No, no, no. Anybody ask you to, to use the crystal ball that you don't have, your gift of prophecy about the future, the question is, do you want to change? That's all God wants to know. Because if you want to, now you're willing to take the steps to change. No, no, don't, 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 don't get out of hand. Yeah, it's probably not going to work. How do you know? Well, it ain't worked before. Forget the things that are behind you. Right? Do you want to change? If you want to change, start taking the steps to change. Don't prepare to fail prepare to win. If you slip, get back up and set higher goals. Keep doing it until it becomes a lifestyle. It's not something you're trying. 
you already proven I can't live with lust and the flesh. We agree with that, right? It's detrimental to me, right? So it's not, I don't want it to be an option in my life. So I already know the results of that. I don't need to try that again. I don't need to give up and fall back into that. I need to make every effort to get away from it and live to get away from it, not try to get away from it. Does that make sense? So this is what we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks so we can uh, pull the wool off of the deceptive, deceptive addictions and actually discover what's been trying to steal our fulfillment and dreams. Like we have some gifted people but can't operate in the gift because they're not sensitive to the audience. You know why? They have blind spots. You know why they got blind spots? Because of lust. You have people that can't get along with other people snapping. But remember, the message told us you're always in an argument. Depersonalize everybody into a rival. Plan off a of victimization. You're doing all these different things because of lust, because it's, a, it's deceptive. It's behind the scenes. It's something that everybody ignores because they say, can't nobody see that? When somebody finds out something that's a result of the lust, people run from church because oh, it's going to be embarrassing. What are people going to think, right? But the whole time they're operating with it and they think it's in, in secret, it's not in secret because it reveals, it shows in our actions. We're not as patient. We're short. We're irritable. We're argumentative. We're closed off. Everybody else is wrong but us. We can't engage with folk because that lust got us bound. You better not say nothing. What are you, you, you better not open your mouth. Don't you talk. Don't nobody want to hear what you got to say? That's embarrassing. You going to say that? But when, you, when you're walking in the spirit, you're just freely flowing. Right? You're not in your head all the time. See, if I'm in my head, I'm in self. If I'm in the spirit, I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit and being obedient. Okay? All right, so we'll end with that just for today. And we'll get back, we'll get into some um, possession robbers, how lust is a possession robber and some other things next week. Um, but again, give it time. Just, just get the information. Um, and some of it I'm pulling from, you know, I had some guys when I was in the other state and they used to, they, you know, they were dealing with lust. And so, you know, um, what's, that, what's, that, what's that book I used to give them? Uh, by Etheridge. It's on the book list. Every Man's Battle. Every Man's Battle. Right? Uh, so I used to give them Every Man's Battle. It's one called Every Man's Battle, Every Woman's Battle. <laughs> um, started out with Every Man's Battle because... Is something that a lot of guys was going through at the time, and women were under the radar, uh, you know. But there's one called Every Woman's Battle. The, the author is Etheridge. I think the last name is Etheridge. I was given the book, but then I, I created this thing. Uh, well, some some people I've given is called a plan to change, and then I would give them a list of how to conquer lust, and we would go through different steps of conquering lust. So some of that stuff we'll talk to talk about uh, we we come through this because. We have to keep moving. We can't stay, get stuck in the sand. And the adversary keeps trying to pull us back into these subtleties. And then he has us in our public presentation fighting truth, fighting change, um, afraid to, to submit and commit. 
you know, but if you don't submit, commit, and find uh, a, a, a situation where you can really uh, uh, plant yourself, it's kind of hard to flourish because your roots doesn't have enough time to get the resources it needs for you to flourish. All right, any thoughts about or anything that stood out? Well, I'm sorry. Anybody care to share their thoughts or the things that were running through their head um, during this teaching? You know, and it's in, I, I challenge you to share your thoughts because it helps. Some, some of y'all think of what other people are thinking. And so it assists other people, um, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's just us too. We're up here, put, our, put ourselves on the line. You guys can criti- uh, be critical to us, you know. So put yourself in the same position where people may be critical to what, what you're communicating too. 